From BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan, with your host, Shane Frederick. This is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan. I'm Shane Frederick, I'm the host, and joining me today is Minnesota State sophomore forward, Zach Kranick. Hi, Zach. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Kranick here is uh, a sophomore um, in his, playing his second year with the Mavericks uh, this season. He's got uh, eight points, equaling his total from his first year with the Mavericks. Uh, two goals, six assists. I think it's exactly the same for, for both seasons so far. So now you've got some time to, to build that up. Yeah, yeah that's a point <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mavericks are coming coming off an idle weekend following a, a split against St. Thomas, going into a big stretch of games starting this weekend at Bemidji State and then finishing up the regular season at home uh, a week later against Michigan Tech uh, with a lot on the line. Um, after your idle weekend, you guys are a, a couple points back of uh, first place in the, the conference, uh, sitting 13th in the pairwise. So I would guess that the next two weeks are looking pretty big for everything that you guys want to accomplish going forward. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think uh, right now, though, our folks are just Friday's game. I yeah. think uh, this this next weekend is the most important games for us. And uh, Coach has been stressing it like we control our destiny. So, it, you know, we take it one day at a time, like practice. Like I think we've had a pretty good week of practice, pretty intense. Like guys know what's on the line. And uh, coming out of these last two weekends, I think – you know, this is probably going to be some of the best hockey that we're going to face, and so we have to live up to it. Obviously, you know, Bemidji came here and uh, beat you guys twice. You guys end up with one point that weekend. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that weighs on your guys' mind as well. But you know, really, since then you, you're nine and one, um, and uh, you know, look, looking forward, what do you think's kind of changed from that point? You know, right before the holidays, where you you drop those games to going on the run that you guys have gone on in, in January and early February? Yeah, I just think it's – I think the team's come together a lot. Um, it, it was tough being on a cold spell like that, losing those games at home. Like, we never want to see that happen. But uh, I think it was a big character-building moment for us. Um, I think guys started to realize we needed to buy in as a team, and that's what we've been doing lately. So, I mean, there's still plenty of work to be done. Like, losing that one to St. Thomas, that was, that was right. tough. Like, we – one of the things we're stressing is that first five minutes of the game, we have to get better at that. And for us to make a deep run, we're going to have to. So, um, yeah, I think it was just like a leadership group has been phenomenal this second half. Like they pulled us in before and they're like, let's just wash whatever would ha- like whatever happened in the first half. And let's just, you know, we're a new team. And that's been our mentality this whole time is let's not look at the past. Yeah, we'll learn from it, but let's focus on being the best that we can be in the second half. What was the off week like for you or how much, I don't know how much of it really was an off week. Uh, There are scheduled practices, there are captain's practices, there are uh, I'm sure workouts, uh, other things that you're supposed to be doing, but also at the same time, you know, trying to heal a bit and uh, make sure your body's kind of ready for the the stretch run, which can run from anywhere from, you know, three weeks to, you know, a, a, you know, a month and a half. If you, you know, really go on a, on a big run in the playoffs, what, you know, what, what did you guys do? What did you do personally to kind of get yourself ready for this? You know, it, it's tough because you have to find a balance between healing 
and not losing where we're at. Right. So, um, yeah, we did have scheduled workouts, practices, and it was just like if guys were banged up, like let them heal a little bit. And if not, like we're still going. Like the intensity needs to be there, even though it is an off week, like teams are still playing and we can't lose a step on them. So I think it was a it was a healthy combination of getting in there and working and then realizing that, yeah, we need to get healthy if we are going to go on this deep run in the playoffs. Did you pay attention to what was happening in the conference around you last weekend when, when you guys were off and there are other games being played and, um, you know, Michigan Tech split, I believe Bemidji split. I mean, you saw a lot of uh, uh, things kind of fall fairly well for you guys or as well as probably could be expected. You know, you, know, you, you don't see a lot of teams getting swept at home, uh, you know, that would have been a lot to ask for, but you probably got a little bit of good uh, good fortune in some of those matches. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, though, like, they can, we, we control our own destiny. So it, it is nice to see some things happen like that, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to us going to Bemidji and getting those two games and coming back here and, and beating Michigan Tech at home, which, you know, being at home, we've struggled with that a little bit, and uh, no better way to finish out the regular season than get two big two big games at home. How's the season gone for you? Would you say? I mean, your your role's probably grown uh, compared to last year, and and uh, I know uh, uh, post game uh, after one of the Lake Superior State games, Coach Hastings had some uh, nice things to say about you know the work that you've done to kind of find a way into the lineup. I think he said to kind of climb and claw your way into the lineup, and 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 the work that you've needed to do to stay in the lineup. How has that you know changed from last year? How has your approach to, you know built so that you can kind of get those opportunities? Yeah, I think last year, especially for me, because I took a year off when I had to come here from UAA, so um, it was just finding that confidence. And last year, I could tell like I never really had that that level of confidence that I'm playing with right now. And it's it's crazy to me what can happen like when you see guys around you and your coach says stuff like that. Like your confidence just goes up so high, and uh, it, you know it's. Like I've said before, though, it's like confidence is weird because when <laughs> when you have it, it's it's good. It's really good. But uh, you can't forget, and Coach Hastings has, like, drilled this into me. You can't forget what you did to get to this point. So I think just it's a combination of having guys around me that are lifting me up every day and who want the best for me. And then I, I think I've became closer with the coaches in a sense that I'm more willing to reach out to them and figure out what I need to do to do it. Like last year, yeah, I had a few games here and there. Like you said, like eight points. It's uh-huh. nothing fantastic. I just, some of them were lucky, some of them weren't. <laughs> but I think it's just like the consistency is starting to get there and and just being around, especially the line mates that you're playing with. Like last weekend I was with uh, – or two weekends ago, I was with Tassie and Isley. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you're playing with guys like that, it's it's easy to play. <laughs> like, like Tassie's going to be – he's going to be a force. So, um, yeah, it's just – it's finding your role. And I think coming from junior hockey, too, sure. it's, it's definitely changed my role. But I'm learning how to play that way. And, like, just having the fantastic coaching staff that we have, it, it allows me to see what I need to do to get to the next level. It's interesting how this coaching staff works, how Coach Hastings works, and I think he kind of mentioned or hinted this in that same uh, post-game press conference. And um, I'll give uh, Kevin Dudley, the the free press uh, beat writer, who um, my uh, successor there, uh, who 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 brought uh, your name into the conversation. But but Coach also said that um, you know as your confidence has grown, 
um, you know, those coaches, they figure out, okay, let's, you know, put them into different, you know, different spots. So he mentioned that you got a little bit of power play time and, you know, probably, probably saw your confidence probably kind of go, you know, down a little bit, but need, you know, you need that in order to like build, build it back up. And, you know, if you only put players in a position where they're completely comfortable, um, this is my words, not his, uh, you know, the, there's not a lot of room for growth. So I'm assuming when you get that, those opportunities, um, you got to try to make the most of them and then kind of see how you can build up from there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if it doesn't go the way I expect it to, you just have to reflect and be like, Hey, the coaches believed in you to get you into that position. Like, let's just take a step back and realize like, it's not the end of the world if they take it away, but they, they believe in you and they want you to be able to contribute in that way. And yeah, it's not going that way right now, whatever, but just learn from it and move on. Sure. Are there players that you look up to or you ask a lot of questions of or that you, you pay a lot of attention to, uh, older players that maybe you, uh, your game is similar to or that or, or spots that, that you know that you can kind of uh, you know gauge the way you play? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say it's like similarities. I'd just say like it's older guys. So yeah. I sit right next to uh, Cade Borchart in the locker room. Like he's a guy that I feel like I can go to whenever I need something because he has been successful here, yeah. and like he will continue to be. And then uh, Brendan Furry too, I was on a line with him for a few games and just kind of picking his brain about like plays and like just just trying to see like what makes them successful because they're both fantastic hockey players. Like there's no denying that. So it's just like if I want to be at the level that they're on eventually, I need to know what they did to get from where they were to where they are now. Coach mentioned your skating, and obviously, when get when uh, when when players can skate, that you can kind of really you know learn the other things as you go because a you know a, a good skater can can handle some things out on the ice. But um, is that something that uh, kind of came naturally to you as a young player, or is that something you've worked on over time? You know, I feel like it's something I've worked on over time because growing up, I was tiny. I was always super <laughs> small, so. Like, uh, what was I, 16 and I was five foot five, maybe like okay. 110 pounds. So I had to be like, I had to be faster than everybody or else I was just going to get run off the ice. Um, so it's just, yeah, like we had a rink out front in my, in my home in Alaska. So just getting out there and skating. And, uh, I was lucky enough to have some great coaches growing up who were division one athletes and, uh, they always would put in the work with me whenever I needed it. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I just think it was survival of the fittest. Like I, I needed to be faster than everybody or else, uh, I, I wasn't going to be able to compete with them. So I think it was just like a combination of that and having the access to ice sure. in Alaska. Like it's, you can go to any pond. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like here, but, uh, just, just getting out there and skating whenever I could really. So you mentioned Alaska, you're uh, Eagle River, Alaska native. Um, your three seasons of junior hockey were all uh, in the NA in, in Alaska for, um, uh, how do you pronounce that? Is it? Kenai. Kenai. Yep. Kenai River. Um, and then you committed to play at Alaska Anchorage and uh, you ended up there. But obviously the COVID uh, situation forced uh, them to shut down their season and really put a lot of question about their future um, was out there. So you end up transferring here, right? Yep. So everything else was Alaska prior to this. What Did that feel weird when suddenly you were going to, you know, get out of the state? Yeah, it was, 
It was a little weird, but like a plan for Kenai, we actually had billets in Minnesota as well. Okay. So we would spend half the season up there at our billets, and then we'd fly down here and spend a month at a time with our billets here. So we were actually in Anoka. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I spent the past three winters pretty much living here half the time. So it also, uh, I'd say it also helped having Tanner Edwards here. Sure. Another Alaska kid that, you know, I've played with, played against growing up. So it made it feel a little bit more at home. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my parents actually ended up buying a place down here. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's nice to be able to, they're only an hour away. It's nice to be able for them to come and watch me. And, like, if I am feeling homesick, like last year, like being the first time out of the state, you're yeah. going to get homesick. So it's nice having them being able to come down to the games every every weekend, every other weekend, and have the availability to go up there as well. And it's it, it's funny because, uh, you know, I look back to um, MSU would go up there and every once in a while they do a road trip where they play both Fairbanks and Anchorage and, you know, spend the week up there. And it um, and I would always write stories for the paper about, like, how big a deal that was and how far it was and uh, and eventually one day I just it popped into my head. It's like, yeah, I've never really looked at it from the perspective of the players who play for those schools or mm-hmm. play for those junior teams up there who have to do all that travel. It's not uh, it's not a two week trip. It's uh, you know, like you said, you're down here for a month at a time or or just if you are traveling, it's just a long road trip no matter what. Um, and so whenever those teams have some success, you kind of give them a little bit more praise because um that is a grind to travel because I know the players here, when they go there once, it's a grind for travel, but those teams are coming here all the time. Yeah, no, it's actually funny to talk to some of the guys about it, especially the guys who have been on the team when they used to go up to UA. Yeah. And uh, they have the reactions that I wouldn't expect. They actually like it. Like yeah. a lot of the guys like going up there for a weekend and just seeing it. And I know Nodder, the first time I talked to him, that's all he talked about was how much he loved coming up to Anchorage <laughs> and like this one breakfast place he used to go all the time. And uh, it's just funny because these are places, like he was describing places that I grew up, like I went to those places all the time, Sure. but they, they find it so much more interesting just because it is so different. Did you grow up a, a, a big fan? Did you go to games? Did you, did you oh, go yeah. to Anchorage games? And yeah. 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 My family actually had season tickets, so okay. we'd every Friday, Saturday night, like that was, that was the thing to do, even though their fan base wasn't fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it was, though, before I started going. Like, my parents used to go in the 1990s, early 2000s, and they'd sell out yep. 6,000 people. So, uh, yeah, it's I think that just that organization as a whole did a lot for me and, like, my love of the game and uh, being able to get me where I'm at today. So when you committed there, that must have been a big deal for you that you're going to play there. It's kind of your your team. And, and, and would do you think if things, you know, without COVID, things like that, you would have – stayed there or with the conference change and other things that were coming up coming down the pike do you think that you still would have uh you know made a decision to come come here or or move on somewhere else you know it's it's hard to hard to picture like anything else happening than what did happen um I'm, i'm thankful thankful for the time that i did have there but like i'm also super thankful to be where i'm at today sure like i i believe that this was the best option for me and uh yeah it's it's just hard to think about anything else other than what is happening today. So tell me a little bit about, you know, that, that, that season when you're up there and there's, there's no season happening and you're skating a little bit with a few players. Can, can, what, what was going on that year? Yeah. So we, well, first off, that was my last year junior. So we kind of got cut short, uh, end of March right before playoffs. 
So then it's like, whatever, a few months off of hockey, and we'll get back to it. Um, meet all the guys at UAA, start working out with them in the summer, start going to practice, and then, like, little rumors started flying around, like, all the sports, because, uh, yep. like, all the sports are intertwined. Like, whatever college you're at, all the sports talk to each other a little bit. Uh, words started flying around, and we're like, oh, this, this isn't going to be good, we don't think. Um, yeah, two days later, we have a Zoom meeting, and uh, basically – Seasons canceled because of COVID. Um, had to be not even a couple weeks later. Rumors again that UA is going down. Like uh, they're not going to be a program anymore. Um, guys started. I wouldn't say just bailing, but they started like doing what's best for them. Yeah, which is fair enough. And uh, so yeah, there was. I think by the end of it, so we're talking after they had already announced that the program's done. December-ish, there's five guys on the ice okay. and the coaches. Um, and, like, this is something that I'll forever be grateful for was the coaches were still willing to get on the ice with us and, like, give us ice time, give us drills, help make us better. And they were actually the ones that were fighting for us the most. Wow. Yeah, so, like, Matt Curley, yeah. fantastic guy. Like, he was in contact with Coach Hastings a lot. Um, and he was actually – it was funny uh, – I was out, I was skating the one day and he comes up to me and he goes, you're going to get a phone call. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, it's going to be Minnesota state and whatever they offer you, I want you to take it. Oh, wow. Yeah. He goes, that, that's going to be the best thing for you right now. And like, he, and then, then it was funny because all the other coaches started asking me, they're like, have you got the call yet? And I was like, no. And I was like, you guys are more worried than I am right now. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it's crazy how it all worked out, but like I said, I'm super thankful for them. Um, and they're like all the coaches that were there are doing great now. Like Matt Curley's the head coach at Des Moines. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish anything else for him. Like yeah. he, he did everything for me and he's the main reason where I'm at right now. No, that's, that's great. What, what a, what a cool story. So you did get the call then that day. Oh yeah. Got, got the call <laughs> that day and, uh, uh, we kept in contact for a little bit and, and every day I was on the ice with them. They're asking me, yeah, they're like, are you going? I was like, yeah, and I did want you, to. Did you come here? Did you transfer here right away or did you spend, did you finish this? The semester, the second semester at Anchorage, and yeah. then come here. Yeah, I finished the second semester, and that's what we were talking about. Is when I went down and skated with my junior team yeah. just to get on the ice. Like sure. I, I think because <clears throat> we had four guys in December, I think we would have had two coming back for the last semester. Right. And I mean, it was during COVID, so I had all online classes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I may as well just go down and skate. So yeah, I, uh, I forget what the exact date that I committed was, but. Uh, I want to say it was in the spring, sometime, okay. early spring. So, yeah, I was super excited about it. Like, talking to uh, Tanner Edwards, Teddy, we call him. Right. And he's like, yeah, you're going to love it here. And then just hearing from the coaches and really building that connection right away, even though it is hard because they haven't seen me play yeah. in, a, in a year. So, like, just knowing that they have the trust in me to bring me in here, like, that was huge. What was your first game and what was that like? Here. Oh, UMass. Yeah. In, in UMass. That was... Uh, First game, so opening night or the... Opening yep, night. You were, on, you were in the opening lineup then. Yeah, that was, uh, that was insane. Yeah. Like, the, the place was packed before war warm-ups. We get out there, and 
I'll always remember it. It's like a tunnel. Like it, it feels like you're in a video game. Like it's just a tunnel and then it opens up and there's 8,000 people. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't played a game in a year. Like <laughs> this is about to be insane. I'm going up against first, second round draft picks. I'm like, wow, let's go. And what a weekend that was, um, yeah. obviously. And then what a year to, to, yeah. to be part of all that in your, in your first year. Yeah. I think that was, that was a big learning experience too. Just being around those guys like Julian and Pravnik, Nathan Smith, Trident McKay, all these guys who are going to go on to have fantastic careers, like just learning from them. Even though, like you said, like it was kind of up and down on the lineup sure. in and out, like just being around those guys and seeing what they did every day. Just, it was, it was little things that I could just pick up on. And I knew like coming into this year that I could use those things. Right. And that was the thing with that. You were joining a team that was a very veteran heavy team. They had some players come back for fifth year, fifth year, COVID year, if you call it whatever you want to call it. Um, so in some ways you kind of have to just like, you know, take advantage of your opportunities and then also see, you know, knowing what's down the road when, when, when there's turnover in the lineup, like, you know, going into this season that you're going to eventually have your opportunity as long as you, you know, took advantage of, of it (laughs) during that year. Yeah, absolutely. Like last year, our team was fantastic last year. And yeah, looking when I was in the moment, I was like kind of bummed out that I wasn't playing, but at the same time, like we have a really good team, like we're going to go far And, and we ended up doing so. So it was a combination of just looking at those guys and seeing what they're doing and then having to play against those guys all the time. Yeah. Like in practice, you're going against Nathan Smith and he's just making <laughs> you look silly and you're like, Oh, come on. <laughs> so, so in the end, like, yeah, it's it, it, people say it's just practice, but when you're going against those guys, it's like all of our practices are pretty much games intensity. Yeah. I hear that all the time from, from, from you guys, uh, just that, that intensity of, of, of practice and, um, and how well it prepares you for for a weekend, and um, it, it, it's got to be. I mean, you guys all say it, so it's got to be true. Yeah, it's. <laughs> you think about it, and you're like, yeah, like practice is supposed to be easy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not when you come here. It's uh, it, it's weird how that works out though, because when we practice, it's like you won't see many goals scored in like five on five or anything, because right. guys are just going at each other, like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that we carry over well is just that intensity. So like when we are when we're going against other guys that you know they're not your buddies, then they're <laughs> they're not your buddies on the other team. Like you just you're going at them. Sure. Like it's it's just a different mentality, but it all starts in practice for us. Um, you know, you you go into uh, you know just getting back to to this year a little bit and and uh, what you have coming up. I know you're you're focused so. Uh, closely on, on Bemidji, but what do you feel overall, you know, to, you know, whether it's Friday night this week over the weekend or just going forward that, that you feel this team, you know, needs to do to kind of take that next step or how to build upon what, what you've done really since, uh, the, you know, the calendar turned to 2023. Cause I know everybody talks about that St. Thomas game, but still nine and one is still a pretty good run of 10 games, uh, between breaks. Yeah, I think, I've mentioned it like our starts we yeah. have we have to start better and and it's something that we've been focusing on a lot lately um it's just our actions have to speak louder now like you can talk about it all you want but to especially being at home like to get our fans engaged right, right. away even on the road to to you know take their fans out of the game right away like we need to get that first one in the first five ten minutes and then just not look back that's such an important thing, I think, for both teams, and I've I've talked about that before with you know, teams coming to Mankato and 
um, if you guys don't have a good start or the other team has a really good start and they take that crowd out of the game, I mean, you can can you feel it that way too? Because you guys talk so much about you know when you have the crowd on your side uh, down at the Civic Center and you know when there's forty eight hundred people, five thousand people in there and it's loud. It's it's a great atmosphere, but if a team takes them out of it early or keeps things pretty quiet, do you notice that too? Is that do you feel like you got to try to do something to to build that back up? Yeah, I feel like it's like it's home ice advantage. Yeah. Like it's just simple as that. Like we need to do something, whether it's a hit, whether it's a, like a nice play, maybe it doesn't result in a goal, but just to get the fans on their feet right. and you don't really notice it as much in the in the moment, like during the play. But like one of the things we stress in the locker room in between is like let's give these fans something to you know, something to root for. And I think it's more like you can you can just feel the energy in the building rise when something good happens. Yeah. And like we've been in that position in away games and it is like especially on the road, like it can be a little bit deflating. But I've I've liked how we handle it on the road though, personally. Like sure. stuff doesn't go our way, like goals in the last two minutes of a period. Um Arizona State, like we come right back out, uh first gets one. Like I think that was a huge moment in our season where we're like, yeah, we're playing a good team. They got the upper hand on us, but we still found a way to fought ba- or fight back. And and that's something that we're going to need to do unless we have a good <laughs> first five, ten minutes. Like it's, right. it was, yeah, I, I just think that we have, I think the biggest difference in the first and second half would be the way that we handle adversity. Sure. Like there's just, it's more of a we thing now in the second half. Like, there's no pointing fingers, no none of that. It's like, like guys, it, it almost comes to a sense where guys are like, yeah, that's my bed. And we're like, no, no, no. Like, we understand. It's fine. Just, yeah. l- just let it go. And, uh, yeah, you can see it. Like, we get scored on. Yeah, it's not fun to get scored on. But then we have a line that goes out, does something good, gets momentum back, and then, you know, we just never look back from that point. Well, I uh, wish you all the best of luck uh, going to – up to Bemidji to play the Beavers this weekend in what should be a, a, a pretty great series. And then uh, looking forward to you guys coming back to town to take on Michigan Tech. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be exciting. Well, thanks for joining me, Zach. And uh, um, this has been the Maverick Hockey Live podcast presented by Duncan. That's Zach Kranick. I'm Shane Frederick, <laughs> and we'll see you next time.